here we go. Fall of 2019. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast and Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. I am joined with Steve Sizz. Uh, Steve, we've missed about a week, I think, since we last did our update. Yep. Um, so today, let's go. We're entering. It's October 28th. We're entering the uh, last couple of days of October, first week of November. Um, first, I'll let you go first. Let's recap some of the hunts that we've had. Yeah. Week. So, I mean, here's I'm super, super pumped. So, the property I bought years ago was, I mean, just to be honest, not good. And um, over the last few years, I've been putting a lot of work into land management. And then this year, um, just in the last two weeks, some really, really nice bucks have shown up. So the three biggest bucks I've ever seen on my property have all shown up. And um, I got these huge, just awesome rubs. It, it's great. So I've been out. I'm super, super excited. So I've been out. Uh, a few mornings, um, seeing five bucks one morning, five bucks the next morning, some chasing, um, three bucks fighting for like 10 minutes out in the field. Unfortunately, none of the monster monster bucks yet, but the opportunity, it's going to come. So I just, I'm going to be out there every single morning until either my wife leaves me or I get one of these, these big bucks that are out there. And side note, really cool. I had a bobcat. This is cool too with land management. You just attract different critters because the habitat's better. A bobcat walked right under me, sat there and scratched his ear. It was super cool. And the cool thing with a bobcat too is just sitting on the ridge tops on the thermals. Like it's like I'm invisible. Like deer, the one morning, all five bucks were literally within two yards. For some reason, they were like attracted to my tree and not one even put their nose up like a hint that I was there or the bobcat or or any of it so um yeah i'm just super super pumped for the opportunity at big bucks because i haven't had that in the last few years that is uh really awesome and yeah i don't i've heard, i seem like i think bobcat population must be up or something i saw my first bobcat this year and i've heard like a bunch of other people talking about seeing them like way yeah, more know, than i've ever heard and it was, you know how the leaves, it was kind of a crunchy morning. That damn thing didn't make a sound. It was like, it was floating. It was so sure. cool. And uh, so, I mean, out of those were going crazy, right? So I was watching, yeah. I'm like, oh man, here comes so the So scared. Bob, right? <laughs> and uh, it was a bobcat, which is pretty cool. That is, that's crazy. So all those, like all those bucks, um, any, any size to them, any age to them? Of the, the ones that I've seen? Yeah. Uh, one was uh, like a two and a half year old eight pointer. Actually, two of them. Were, uh, they're decent, for sure. You know, younger Steve would have been really happy. Yeah. Um, but um, but you know when you got so yeah so the three I got the one is well you call them drip which it does look like like paint dripping off his antlers. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he's awesome. He's like um, I think fifteen points or something like that. And but I would pro well, not probably I would let him go by because I think he could be like majestic in a couple of years. Yeah, he's the 200-inch frame future deer. And then he, yeah, he literally look—he looks like he's three, and he's probably 150 right now. Yeah, he's pretty cool. And then I have uh, just a perfect, super heavy mainframe 10. That's I would guess 150s, and then an 11 pointer. That's just a perfect six by five. With you know those older ones, they always have like a little funk on the brow tines and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he's probably 160s. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's that's the last one you sent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he's pushing. He's definitely pushing 160. Yeah, that's I right around there, and um, and they're just big mature deer, and uh, I mean the rubs, my gosh, they're just trees behind my house. The one, it's like 60 yards behind my garage. It's crazy. A big old cedar tree. The thing just shredded. Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. I'm getting um. Well, most importantly, I think is 
um, shooting hours photos. You know, sometimes you get those photos at 2 a.m. and you know, they're probably not living too close, just coming through, but they're out there in the daylight. So I just got to be out there and get an opportunity and, and uh, not screw it up. Want to hear a funny story? Yes. Today I walked all the way up the bluff and forgot my release. <laughs> and, <laughs> and walked all the way back, back down. Walked back down and uh, got some other stuff done. The one thing I, here's a mistake I'm going through right now and it's not really a mistake in a way because I tried buying cameras from this dude and he just never got back to me and I wish I had more cameras out there to try and get a better idea of um, exactly what these big ones are doing because I only have what three cameras and uh, you know 40 yards three cameras or 40 acres 40 hilly acres three cameras really isn't that many to have out there so yeah I wish I had more yeah, I like I like how your property's set up too for hunting those morning hunts because you, I mean, you, you like you said, you can walk up that hill every day, and it, those they really won't feel that much pressure. I don't think. No, that's why I, I kind of yeah, kind of designed it that way. Um, that's the thing too that I'm happy about is you know I, I don't know if we talked about this my weird technique for cover scent. I use a like one of those beehive smokers and yeah. fill my my clothes with smoke and rubber boots. And um, I've had deer like walk right where I walked, you know, and I'm thinking, uh oh, so they put their nose down and they just start eating. <laughs> like they, like I, I don't, I'm not leaving enough scent at all that they're alarmed. So I think that's really good. Yeah. Absolutely. I was actually just talking to a, another guy about that, how important it is where people don't um, pay enough attention to the scent that they leave and they're walking on their woods. And then pretty soon it's like a spider web of human scent everywhere and the big ones just disappear. And yeah. uh, he described it. He's talking to the scientist buddies. I, I really like this analogy for deer's nose. So you know how when you go into a grocery store, they always have like the bakery goods pumping out to get you hungry? Yeah. And you can smell it like it smells really good. Well, for a deer, they could smell every ingredient inside of those and how much of each ingredient. Mm-hmm. Like, just to put in like their nose or like when they smell a licking branch, they can smell the scent from every buck that's been there. So they know it's just crazy how good their noses are. And so I don't think you can be too careful, I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting at. Yeah. And that's something to think about too. When you're walking in, like brushing up against a, a bush or a branch can be yep. detrimental. Wear your, gloves, even if wear your sleeves, keep your damn yeah. skin cells off of everything. Yeah. I've been walking uh, through manure on the way to the stand every time I can. It's funny you say that. Cause that was our trick when I was a kid on the farm. We'd always walk through shit. Or yeah. go step in like a puddle or something like that. But, um, you know, my boots stay outside. My uh, All my clothes stay in a plastic bin. So I, I do my best. Yep. But their noses are ridiculous. And then, um, yeah, super cold. Tomorrow morning, oh, my gosh. It's supposed to, like, get in the low 20s. It might get snow tonight. Like, tomorrow morning's going to be great, 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 great day to be out. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. I think at- – it's just a pretty incredible week that you really couldn't ask for any better. No, <laughs> it's not even going to be windy. It doesn't seem like, and usually you get this, these cold streaks that will bring some like really windy days, but I don't even see that in the forecast, but yeah, we'll get into like the next week of the forecast and our plans. Um, so yeah, you've had a better last seven days than I have. Um, I hunted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Oh, I didn't hunt Friday. Friday, I ended up staying out and um, trying to get eyes on a, a buck in a, in a certain spot and didn't. But Thursday night, I went out, sat in a stand I was really excited about. Um, had seven doe come through and no bucks. And I was a little suspicious at the time why I didn't see one buck because I that's the most bucks I've seen out there is in that spot. Um, ended up sitting there again Sunday morning with like nothing. So I'm shocked because Sunday morning was really nice, nice frosty. Yeah, it was awesome. And about 9 a.m., coyote comes sprinting through the woods. Get the full draw. He stops, runs away, whatever. And uh, I was like, and the guy I was with goes, what was he running from? And I was like, I don't, I don't think he's running from anything. They kind of just run along like that, you know. 
And a couple of minutes later, a doe comes running through the woods and follows the same track as the coyote. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> And, One badass uh, dope. She's chasing coyotes around. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure enough, and I'm like, there's gotta be something else going on back there. And sure enough, two, uh, two dogs that I've had on show camera are following a couple minutes after and they ensue to run all around the tree that I'm in all around the field edge, circle back around then go back down the ditch that, uh, she went down. So I found out the reason why buck activity has ceased in that spot. I wonder what the, I didn't I'm shoot, assuming I did not I shoot the dogs. <laughs> I, well, I was just going to ask, I'm assuming like legally on your land, you can shoot any dog. No, it's not, that's not true. No, I've heard of people that gotten, they've gotten in trouble, especially for a collared dog. And, and one of these dogs right. is collared. Were these dogs collared? One of them is. Oh, really? But they're, I mean, they're pretty wild. So obviously that is a really crappy situation. Um, Saturday, Saturday we went out early morning to headed down to the lease. Um, I did a hanging hunt, walked all the way back into the back of the 80, went all the way up to the far corner in the dark, found a pretty decent spot, hung a stand. And when it got light, when it started getting light, I, I really like the spot. It was a nice opening um, off an edge. There's multiple multiple vegetation transitions, and then I was right in from a CRP field that was the neighbors, so probably 50 yards in from the fence line. And we saw like six deer, no big bucks, but it was kind of cool going in, picking a spot in the complete dark, and and actually seeing deer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then. Um, Saturday evening. Oh yeah. Saturday evening. We sat back in the farm by our house here and I checked the trail camera and there was like three shooters in front of that tree stand that morning, including a one that's pushing 160, 170. That's a new buck that showed up there at like 9am that nice. morning. So that whole sit was pins and needles because it's tight quarters in there. And we saw a couple bucks um, and a doe, but nothing big. And I think there might've been a hot doe in there because the one buck we saw off in the distance was ru running drunk, the smaller buck, but he was nose down in the field, running back and forth, zigzagging. So, yeah. And I, it, unfortunately I only can hunt that area with a South wind because the fence line runs the border of the, south it's a south border the fence line runs and you really can only hunt with the south wind because they don't have access on the north side of that property but so it's it's been kind of a tough couple days <laughs> right but um i don't know man if you got when you got big bucks like that on camera that's uh in the daylight yeah see like that section of the farm is fine it's unmolested from the deer or from the dogs I'm not worried about that it's just a matter of getting them to come to you in daylight because you don't have much woods to work with right um and then yeah the, i can tell because i drove around last night because i was trying to get a, i'm trying to get a feel for where the movement's at and saw like 20 doe and they were way down on a different end of like way down further away from what i expected um so i think those dogs i don't know if they've been running a lot lately or what but a lot of the movement is pushed down away from where it was last year. So kind of scrambling, hunting a lot differently than I have the last couple of years out there. But yeah, I know there's, there's big bucks out there. I'm not, I'm not worried. I know an opportunity are going to come along here. So yeah, that's, that's my update. I wish it was a little bit better, but I still haven't laid eyes on a good buck yet. Ah, man, they're there. So that's, man, I'd be excited. Yeah. I went, I don't know, two, three years, four years, uh, four years probably without like a big target buck. And that makes hunting really tough because all you're praying is that some a random comes through, random buck comes wandering that you've never seen on trail cam, which it's possible, but it's not nearly as fun as when you know there's stuff out there. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. And I, I know there's a lot. It's just 
when you don't see them and you have them on daylight, you're, you, you start questioning everything like what you're doing. If you're getting, if you're getting pegged on your access, if you're getting pegged when you're in the tree, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, a lot of stuff can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's a matter of just, um, yeah, kind of just chilling out and, and letting stuff happen. So that's why I, that's why I'm working the next two days. Cause I get, <laughs> I get so wound up that I like, then I get anxiety about being out there like every minute or every day. So I'm, I'm like locking myself away for two days to get work done. And then I'll, I'll start hunting again on Wednesday. I know, I'd, I'd go tomorrow and lock myself away Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. Dude, it might snow tonight. Plus a big temperature drop supposed to be like the low twenties. Oh I was looking at before and it was talking about like five inches of snow on Halloween, but I don't see that now. Yeah. Yeah, extended precipitation forecasts are usually so useless. But yeah, so the whole week is highs in the 30s, low 40s, and lows in like the 20s. And oh, gosh. it's about as good as you can ask for. Um, yeah, tomorrow's going to be awesome. Yeah, tomorrow is tomorrow morning will be the start of a, a pretty big pressure rise. Um, maxing out Wednesday morning at like 30.4. That's really high. For now and then it's going to drop off while well, sunny pretty mild weather it looks like there's a question for you think back um, like bucks in bow range what percentage more bucks in bow range do you see in morning hunts versus evening hunts mature bucks yeah yeah i had this conversation with someone this weekend actually um <clears throat> i'd say morning and I take it even a step further and, and say between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, like I see so many more deer in the morning than the afternoon. I'm just hunting mornings just because, just for that reason of like so much human presence in the woods that, uh, I mean, like it, it's just crazy how many more deer I see in the morning. So that's what I'm focusing on all week. And then there may be a day or two where I just spend the whole day in the woods. So I'm not like going in walking out and then walking back in and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would say I with your property for sure. Mornings. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a big best. food plot or anything like that. <clears throat> yeah. The issue where I run into out of, out of like the different farms that we have are it's always field top field access down. So the mornings become risky because you're walking in on them. Um, that's, I'm really, right. I think I'm going to test <clears throat> the going out at 9am and sitting, um, until noon. Yeah. I kind of like, uh, uh, going like right at first light so you can see just fine and really sneak in and you, yeah. kinda, you know what I mean? If you walk in when it's like kind of dark and you can't see, I mean, they can see plain as day. You're at like such a dis disadvantage. I have, I, have, I have a pretty, I have a pretty big opinion on this. I think unless if you want to go hunt before before light, it needs to be an hour before a stitch of light comes in. I do think <clears throat> dull and and in general deer they can see fine at night, but I just think they I don't think they get as freaked out. If you are flirting with like that gray time, I All think right. it's the best time that deer can see, and it's it, you might as well wait until it's oh, yeah. yep. until it's light. And um, one thing I wonder about is um. If walking in with a headlamp, if that spooks deer at all, or even if it no. like helps you, because like <laughs> especially where I'm at, I mean there's so many there's so many lights in every direction. Like, is a deer smart enough to think, oh my gosh, that's a hunter, or is it just like it's a light no. from somewhere no. in the distance? No, I I think there's absolutely no negative on a headlamp, and it's only positive because you're ten times quieter walking through the woods. Mm -hmm. One thing that I um, have issue with is, I guess it's not an issue, is, you know, I, you know, my house is tucked right up to the property. Pretty much every time I just leave my garage, I scare deer. They're like right behind my garage, always. And it's, it's just, yeah, and then one of the mistakes I made was I pulled the cameras from back there too early. So, because all I had were, you know, does and smaller bucks or medium bucks. But that's all I had on all my cameras. So now it's like, golly, maybe I should... It's really hard to hunt like 60 meters from a garage. You know what I mean? But there very well could be some big bucks there, you know? But it's I, like damn near yeah. impossible for me to do it. <laughs> like mentally? 
Yeah, I can't. It's like, how can I sit here? I'm, I'm looking at my house. Like, to literally wake up and walk 60 meters out my garage door and go on a stand is just so freaking weird. I can't do it. But, like, there's huge rubs right there. And, like, a, you know what I mean? Not just, like, a random one. They're, you know, like a, a rub line. It's like, oh, God, there's probably a buck that's bedding right behind my neighbor's house on the little cedar point that I know of so well. And, um. I'm too stubborn to sit there. Or is there stupid. a camera on that on that four wheeler road? I just put one on there this morning. I moved one. I would bet great money that uh, shooter buck will walk that <clears throat> middle of the day at some point in the next two weeks. Well, that big old cedar rub I sent you. I just think the cedar rubs are so cool. It's like I think cedars are fucking cool. Yeah, like ten yards off that <clears throat> that road, but the trail that parallels the road is where the rub line is. So. So it's like, gosh, I'm probably walking way up top and all the deer are just hanging out by my garage. My wife could probably shoot one from the deck. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to get more cameras. That's the goal for today. That would be your really – that would be a really good afternoon, like, situation because your thermals are going to be sucked down into your yard. Right. Well, the problem is, though, is that spot, like, the wind is almost always – it depends on the wind, but – you know, it's usually west, northwest. Mm-hmm. So it'd be kind of swirling in there. But, um, but yeah, I got to – you know, if I got like an hour of daylight, just freaking run up behind the garage and jump in a tree quick and see what happens. But it's like, gosh, it's not even really hunting. It's so weird, you know? It is weird, but that the big bucks, there is – there's something to be said. Like big bucks realize where human intrusion is, and I think that they they – almost are attracted to it at times where they they want to keep their eyes on on stuff like that like if yeah, one man. if one's been betting just sitting there watching your neighbor's house for all all fall <laughs> with a certain wind and like thermals come down that hill during right. the day well and here's here's the other thing one is there's always food like good food in the feeders mm-hmm. corn and sunflower seeds and everything for him and well whatever. and especially right now you know doe you know a couple doe groups are down there Oh, they're always, yeah, because they're just devouring the apple trees that are in their yards. Well, that's one thing, too, for people that are out there, like, um, man, the deer just, you know, I, I pruned up a bunch of wild apple trees, and they, they produced so many apples this year, just, like, deer magnets, like, cool place to put a camera. So many deer come to eat the apples. Yeah. But, um, the hell was I just going to say? Oh, yeah, the one picture I had of the, um, one of the big bucks was at, like, 10 a.m., where he was running past the camera. So obviously I jumped him and spooked him. And that camera was like from in. you walking, me walking and check the camera at like 10 AM. I mean, this is a while mm-hmm. ago, but it was actually the first picture I've ever gotten on, but it was like 10, 15 AM. He was running past the camera mm-hmm. and I was walking into the woods that like, I mean, that was me checking the camera that spooked him. So he was obviously bedded pretty damn close to that camera, which is pretty damn right behind my house somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So he was sleeping somewhere very close to the buildings. So yeah, big old buck that's smart enough to to uh, to live near the house. I think they. Pre- I think the mature ones prefer it. Uh, I really do. I think. I think the whole like they're off in the middle of a deep timber alone is a lot of times not true. I'm not saying some don't, but I have had uh, two different woods that I've when I was younger, just wrote off as not hunter huntable because they're just so close to the buildings. Like one is I remember you pointed yards. one out to me. Yeah, it's 50 yards behind that guy's farm. That's and the, other, and the other one is like blatantly visible from the road and 10 yards from the pasture that's right next to the barn. And that's the and buck, it's the most buck. bucks. It's the, big, it's the highest buck movement I've seen on that farm. Is those spots. Whereas I go to another spot that is secluded, is away from everything, is the most like far away spot on the farm. And I know I've seen bucks there, but like the amount of the amount of them is not near what it is. It's just they, because a lot of times like I don't know if they use like if they just want their eyes on that stuff and they they feel safe because they see your movement every time you enter that that woods. Right. So it really is the smartest spot to go, or I mean, you know, a lot of times it's it's like farmsteads that are like overgrown. 
and they like that tall weeds and shit and or like an old barn or I don't know. I think you know, this weekend I'm gonna have to go <clears throat> like right because there I, I know um, we're all there's like these dope family groups like to bed really yeah. close to houses because as soon as it starts to get dark they they have their their uh, routine right they go into the yard clean up whatever's around the bird feeder <laughs> then they check out the apple trees and then they cross the road to the next neighbor who's always got a corn pile in his yard you know what <laughs> I mean so this, like it, that's the routine and what was it <clears throat> this is like two weeks ago now but there was oh, I don't know six or eight does and fawns all sitting in his yard eating apples and then they'll move down um but anyhow to the egg fields but yeah I wouldn't doubt if you got that all those does and fawns and then just a little bit behind them on like a uh, a ridge point is that big old bucks lair i think i'm gonna go in there saturday or sunday morning when i got all day and just do a hanging hunt like right in there because the other thing i guarantee you there hasn't been a human being in there all summer not once because my neighbors they i just know they're not gonna walk up the hill right it's like a, a human free little layer right next to a bunch of food where they can watch people all day. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's, and that's the way to kill them too, is that early morning or Still if you have good, a, good acts, if you, yeah, if you have a good idea where they're at and you, and you know that you can access a different way of, you know, like slip in there in the afternoon too, but yeah, I'd say wait, get in the morning, wait for them to come back to that area. I'm going to do that just to, especially with the, the way the whistle out on the hill and the thermals. I'll get in there in the morning, find a tree and just wait in his, uh, what I think is his home. Yeah. And that's not, that's another thing too. Like thermals are going to be a big thing. And a lot of times people don't even realize how important they are too. Like, or even like how they act. So the sim- simple, simplest way to put it is in the morning when the sun comes up and it's hitting the, the earth floor, your thermals technically rise. And then, when it gets cold at night, they, they kind of get sucked down into those ditches and stuff if there isn't a good enough wind. And, like, right now, there isn't a wind that's going to be over 10 miles an hour until Saturday. And Saturday, the, it's supposed to max out, like, 13, it says. So, like, I you can't ask for a better – because I think the best wind is, like, 5 to, like, 12. And then over, like, you know, you have, to like, 15 to 20. I've never really seen great movement. And then you eat those like dead calm ones. First of all, I hate fucking hunting. And that's like Saturday night. Oh, that, is that just nothing's worse than hunting in that? Just dead still. Right. They can hear every little. It's just so. Yeah. Bad. And like you're like. Can't even move. You're screwed. Like. like how do you draw we, a bull back? Yeah. I know it's insane. Like the, the spot we said Saturday night. I had someone videotaping with, but. Like a doe came from like 150, like 100 like yards away across this ditch. We heard her coming and she pops down into an opening and it's like, I don't know if she heard something or what, but like the second, this second she popped in that opening, I brought my binoculars up and she's just staring at us. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Then you just feel like you're out of it. Cause it's like, how the hell would a mature buck let you? <laughs> right. No, I hear you. When I was years ago, I had it. was a, it's like a 150. Is my brother ended up getting it during gun season, but is it, it, just remember the right route, just the right split time for sure. But it was dead quiet, and I was drawing back on it. My arrows went like the tiniest little slide on the rest. The thing didn't even look at me; just blew out of there like he got shot out of a cannon. Well, yeah, and I think yeah, Jeez, they're so Christ. they're so skittish too. Then, I mean, like it was the tiniest little freaking sound. Yeah, it makes it double. One thing I, I think with the thermals too. So one, my favorite spot, it's where uh, it's like a ridge or two steep hills on either side. And one thing with deer, like they're so athletic. So a steep ass hill for us is like a sidewalk for them. Like I watch them walk on shit. It's like anything, like the steepest shit you think that a deer they'll walk on like nothing, like absolute fucking nothing. But anyhow, so it's like thermals will come up both sides. So I think sometimes they like to like walk that ridge because they can smell anything coming up, you know, the sides. But I'm up in a if you're up in a tree, you're like you're invisible. Mm-hmm. So like I think I, I don't know if I said this, but I had um, like all these deer so close and not one of them. You know how they like check the wind if they think they smell something, like nothing. It's just so cool to be uh, to be invisible. Yeah, and that's yeah. the best scent control, right? You know, fucking sprays and. 
that knows jammer stupid shit. Um, just fucking play the wind and the thermals, right? It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Just picture everything around you as a, you are, look, your scent and wind is flowing water and everything around you is a, and I noticed it yesterday, um, in the spot we sat in the morning that like, there's always weird stuff too. Like you can't, you can't ever just assume that your wind's going to do something because I assume that a West Northwest wind. So any West wind, um, I'd be good in this spot, but then I thought about it. And when it's directly out of the West, that wind runs along the field edge. And then I'm kind of sitting on a finger the ponds off to my left. And then the big woods is past the pond. So like that wind comes along the big woods, it gets to where the pond is and shoots down because there's an opening naturally. Right. Yep. So that West wind sucks in and then it gets to my finger and the finger treats it like a tunnel and it like blows straight down that finger where it should be blowing out behind me into the field. But you, the only way, I, cause it's blowing in my face, like you feel it, like it should be along the field. But the only reason I could tell that it was like getting sucked down this finger is because um, I had the, that milkweed and you can see it. Like once it gets to the edge where it's about to go out to the field, it sucks down into there. Oh, so I like, see. really the milkweed in there and watching it. Yeah. And it, the, the, that's why milkweed's so nice because it goes how many yards. So I realized that number one, that spot isn't great with a mainly West wind that I really need a North wind to blow up through that opening where the pond is. Cause that'll push it out, out where I want it into the field and keep me safe but it's it's little things like that and if you don't and i hadn't hunted that spot in two years because i pulled my stand out of there a couple years ago and hung a new one this year so i i didn't realize that that was an issue um but now i know but it, i mean it's just a matter of that because i mean my wind wasn't going in a great spot that morning but once you're in there it's kind of like well yeah no i i know what you mean so i sent i got this one spot where it's, the wind's great and there's like a like a, a back bowl, like it's a long ass ways away, but I think the wind will, it, it feels like it'll blow through and it'll hit that bowl and then it'll like bounce back like a wave coming the other direction, just like water hitting a wall. You know what I mean? So it's like, ah, this spot sucks. Yeah. It's got too much of your scent. But that's why, you know, I love the ridge tops in the mornings. I'm just a, a big fan. Yeah. For sure. Um, you ever have, you ever go out, my brothers have done this, I mean, but here's what may I find really crazy. They'll sit like 50 yards apart, 60 yards apart. I mean, they can see each other in the stand mm-hmm. and the one will see like seven deer and the other one won't see a deer and have no idea that the seven were there. Like, it's crazy how like 50 or 60 yards can mean an amazing hunt or you don't see a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I've never tried it, but I mean, you can tell like if you places you've sat and I mean, the only reason they did it is because my brother literally bought a two acre chunk which yeah. sounds crazy but it's two acres in the middle of like really good stuff so there's no strategy other than sitting in your two acres and hoping one of the giant bucks in the area cruises through right so they both be on just two acres right and uh like completely different hunts it's just like it's so weird so sometimes i i think i just need it sometimes i wish there was like more people to hunt with me because it's like where are these deer i don't know it's fun i'm so pumped i can't wait to uh like yeah it's it's hard going to sleep because i'm so excited (laughs) um something that's kind of cool i we were talking about i was talking about with someone yesterday too and it's um i have a i kind of came up with a theory on why i think those bucks are moving the nine to eleven time frame or nine to noon whatever I see it. I've seen it more like nine to 11. Um, and I really think it's cause especially those frosty mornings, think about how much quieter the woods is once that sun's up and everything melts. Right. Yeah. You have like an hour and a half where like, it's really hard to hear stuff coming through the woods because all the leaves and stuff are damp. Right. So that's one reason. Another reason I think it's just cause there's all every other deer in the area is up moving. Um, your little bucks, your does, your fawns are all up and nothing's in place until 8.39, and then they get up, and that's when they start making their rounds to the bedding areas. But I think that's something for people to think about too this week is uh, that is – I'd try to go back and all the mature bucks I've seen over the last four or five years, and 
90% of them are probably after nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's very, very nine, nine, rare. It's, it's very never rare. that like first, first light or very rarely. I can think of like twice, two or three times, maybe off the top of my head right now where it was that first light. And that's just, yeah, I think, and I think a lot of time too, that they're bedded down honestly during that time and they're just waiting. Yeah. Who knows? Oh yeah. So I never, I never cared binoculars bow hunting, but the other day when they were fighting on the field, I sure wish I had them. So I could have, cause one dwarfed the other one and the uh, body wise, and it just beat him up for 10 minutes. And the smaller one was like a two and a half year old eight cause it walked right underneath me to head out to the field. So I was like, God dang it. How big was he? But, oh, well, he wasn't in ball range anyhow. How, what field were you looking at? How far away was that then? Oh, I don't know. hundred yards, 150 yards. Oh, is that top field that you could yeah. see? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, through the, through the trees and stuff, I could see them and hear them, obviously. They're fighting. And it was crazy as they would like fight for 30 seconds and then just eat some beans, like nothing. <laughs> fight for 30 seconds and oh, well, let me have a snack. Chewing. And it was, you know, like you said, it was so quiet. I could hear him chewing on freaking crunchy beans from like a hundred yards away. Like hear him crunching and you know, those dry ass soybeans. And then they go back to fighting like snack fight, snack fight. And then there's another buck just watching him fight and uh, no does around. Just those guys hanging out in the field, testing each other out. Right. And yeah. So your plan is to hunt mornings for the next week and some afternoons when you can. Um, Mine is to get out probably a little bit of both. I'm just going to play it by ear and see what we have going on. Um, but another note, I know a very common topic people like to talk about right, right around now is blind calling. What's your opinion on the rattling and grunting dilemma? Dude, I don't know. I've, I like, uh, I mean the biggest buck I ever killed, I grunted in, but I seen him first. Um, I worry that, rattling what not as good it could do is you know what i mean it's like i would rather be invisible and um just quiet and silent and scent proof in my tree but you know the other day when i'm watching these bucks fighting i'm like man you know a little rattling might draw they're obviously you know what i mean testing themselves right now it's quiet morning it's a little bit of rattling the sound's going to carry so damn far you just might draw in something looking for a, looking for a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't say for certain that it's ever really worked well for me. Um, I don't think I like the blind calling. Like you said, if you see something, it's worth a shot if they're not coming towards you. So I always have that stuff with me. And, uh, and I have seen it where there's, if there's a legit fight out there, there will be bucks running from everywhere. <laughs> Like it's crazy when you see a legit like knock knockdown drag out. Last year we right. we witnessed one and there were bucks. We saw six different bucks in ten minutes all running to the noise. See, that's what when these bucks were fighting and getting after it, I was expecting more to show up. Like I was really pumped. It, but none, it was weird how they did it this time. But speaking of blind calling, you know Josh, my cousin Josh, he shot at a two and a half year old eight last night and uh, blind blind grunting. He said, just doing blind grunting. All of a sudden, he heard a snort wheeze, and here came this pissed-off buck looking to uh, fight whoever was grunting in his territory. Well, I definitely – I think it works for sure on two-year-old and three-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, so that's my – like, for me – It's down to, like, what's your target, too. Oh, true. Yeah, I mean, I won't grunt unless – like, if I see a big one, and all of a sudden he's, you know, like, like you said, going away, then I'll try to call him back in. But unless he's like definitely committed to going away from me, I, I don't make a peep. Yeah, it's it's just it's it, I have a hard time thinking that we can even replicate, even come close to replicating what a fight sounds like when once you hear a legit fight in the woods and how much noise, like there's trees falling down. Yeah, you need to really break a lot of shit around you. Yeah, like and if I was sitting right, clink. Now, if yeah. I'm on public land or if I'm on, if I'm for some reason I'm just like running and gunning and I'm hunting on the ground. Like I wouldn't, I would definitely rattle and like you can thrash, thrash a bunch of different leaves around and whatnot for sure. But yeah, I don't know. Tree stand seems, it seems odd because you're just sitting there hitting horns together and like you don't get to add any of their noise. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And then too, I I think the big thing is just know your buck to doe ratio, right? So if you got like a shit ton of does 
relative like like a buck's really gonna care it's like well i got all these women with me right here like i need to go fight i got all these you know what i mean got a bunch of bitches but if you got a good ratio where there's some serious competition then i think you know what i mean yep and then yep. when you you know what I mean, soon as a lot of times you'll you'll I'll read studies or not studies, but stories or virtually well for guys. But again, it's deceiving just because you know some of these properties in say Texas where Randling works great, it's just so different. And they got so many bucks. It's it's it is hard to it's hard to compare apples to apples. It really is. I personally have never had success with it, blind calling, but then you have people who have and it's more I mean, if really I was to do it, if I had good ratio, I think it would be good much more effective if you did it similar to elk hunting where like a two-man setup where you got a guy on the ground hitting like thrash and leaves and branches and stuff and then you have someone up in the tree where you have a much better viewpoint you know what i mean so like one of the problems if you do that on the ground calling obviously your 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 view is so limited on the ground versus in a tree so if you did a two-man thing i think it could be pretty effective. and actually one time it's reminded me i was public land hunting and i screwed up it's a pretty nice buck actually but a guy, I could hear a guy rattling up the hillside, and I knew it was a guy because there was nothing other than horns rattling, right? Because I didn't hear any thrashing. And uh, a buck came downwind, and I'm pretty sure that buck was just circling that sound. And I just happened to be downwind of that sound, so he came right past me by odd luck. So I was like, I remember that thing, I'm like, man, this would be kind of a good strategy. Have one guy rattling, and then just have another guy sitting where the smart buck will loop around to scent check it. Especially, yeah, if you're in hilly, hilly terrain, you got a wind going down that hill and the guy can be up on top of the hill because those big bucks, every time they're going to take that low. And that's exactly what route. happened. This thing came uh, It came right looped down. I was down lower sitting on this uh, bedding area. This is a morning hunt. And, uh, yeah, the thing looped, looped, uh, looped around below the guy. But, yeah, I mean, it was like – it's just so different when you hear a hunter rattling because you don't hear, like you said, like fucking trees getting knocked over. Yeah, we we saw we're our, my target buck last year walked out and then got into a giant brawl right after we saw him, and he was like a one. He ended up going one sixty five, and so I can imagine what the other buck was, and it's legitimately sounded like um, someone was just driving a vehicle through the woods, knocking trees over, like it was insane, grunting, growling, like it, it, think about it, like. Think about what has to happen for a deer to snap their their horns off at the base of their rack. Yeah, like, yeah, good point, man. Try to have some serious fucking force. You ever took a sawzall through antlers? Like it takes you a couple minutes, and like your sawzall is like burning. Yeah. Can you imagine what it takes for you? Like, we should try it sometime. Like on a crappy like deadhead or something that you don't care about like take a bat to it and see how many times you have to hit it for like a horn to actually break off at the base and how many deer do you see a year that their horns are just broken off right at the base or they have a bunch of you know or even just to snap off a g2 man like that's a lot of force yeah yeah so lots of crashing um well yeah let's end with this this is again for me is uh go shoot your bow because um oh yeah yeah this here's why i have to shoot my bow I had a this fucking idiot piece of binder twine for a string, just this one spot. And as I'm, as soon as I started to lower it, the damn binder twine snapped, and my bow just dropped to the. But you know, landing on soft dirt and leaves. But still, go shoot your bow. Yeah, I'm gonna do that today. Um, mine is be in the woods as much as you can. It just it doesn't. I'm not saying throw it all technique or throw it all your thought and process. But it really can happen at any minute. <laughs> yeah, especially now. I mean, I, this is how I like to just think of deer right now, the bucks right now. They're like the college guy at bar time. They're just horny as shit and stupid, right? So yep. you just never know. I mean, because some of the stories I hear people where they shoot deer and it's like, you did what? And you did what? And what? And the deer still came to you? It's like, oh, my God. Well, it's happening every day right now. Like, you, like it's not it, – it, it, it can happen at any minute. And – <laughs> it is crazy because you're going to see a bunch of people who get killed deer and you're like what but they were out there so i really think I, like i'm I, I I, go ahead i would bet a lot of money we'll both get an opportunity the only thing that's going to fuck it up is our shooting skill so get out and sling some arrows yeah um my other thing that i'm i started doing last year and i'm i'm doing it this year is i lock myself from checking trail cameras 
Oh yeah, I only check them if I'm um, like leaving my stand and they happen yep. to be right where I'm walking. That's it. Because you're gonna like I did it. You're gonna go. You're gonna check it until I get legitimate cell cams everywhere and you get up to date. But you're gonna go. You're gonna check it. You're gonna see five bucks that ran by your camera two days ago. You're gonna waste two or three days hunting that spot, and you're too legitimately two days late. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that doe is there. That like that's why my I just. I hunt the wind and I go to spots that are good for the wind and I hunt as many spots as you can. Cause you just don't know. Or some people, and I have not tried it cause I have enough space, but I mean, I guess this will be a good one for you because this is going to be your style on the 40 acres chunk where you just hunt religiously same spot or same three spots until it happens. And I think both of them work. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, I only, I mean, 25, to 30 of the 40 acres i don't set foot in like at all i haven't since you were out here that was the last time there's been humans in that area so yeah, yeah i just stay on the perimeter try to keep sent out as much as possible and uh just hope one happens to walk by but i'm gonna try this other yeah you, i'm gonna just god go against my uh whatever and hunt close to the to the buildings because i know i know for sure i mean i just know that's where a bunch of those does are. And who knows that buck, the big old buck is like, man, I got six different does to breed in this one little herd. I'm just going to sit here and bang to my heart's content for two weeks. Yeah. So I'm going to go in there and wait for those does to bring him back. And um, you know what's hard though is that damn does are so smart, you know? It's like it's right now it's pretty easy to fool those big old bucks, but if they're with a damn doe, they're so goddamn smart. Especially if they're locked down and she's still on high alert. Oh, they're just so smart. It's like – I said, actually, the other day, I got up in my stand, and uh, I just shifted a, just a tiny little bit, like 100 yards through the woods. Like my stand, which a lone wolf, it never does, but for some reason, I made this tiniest little, just tick, like tiny. That fucking doe just instantly was staring my direction. And like, she couldn't see me, couldn't smell me, but she just knew, like, that's not right. And just did a 180 and went the other way. You know, not super fast, whatever, but she just... And it was just weird luck that I happened to see her through the woods. You know how hard it is to spot a deer through the woods. Yeah. I just happened to, you know, catch her. Like we, it, it's fucking ridiculous. There's, those are so damn smart. What's worse? What's the worst noise in the world? Dull blowing or a hen putting? <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's a, oh man. I think, I think the thing with does blowing though, it's, I think they do it a, a lot around this time of the year to to just get bucks off of them so i've seen it before does blow and bucks will run to it i have really seen yeah I, I i don't i don't get as worked up as i would in september for a doe blowing to ruin my hunt because i just think that they do it so much at so much stuff including at other bucks that it won't leave them alone or little bucks that just tail them all day right that this is one thing i learned interesting from msu deer lab because they did really cool studies speaking about how to so it's a really hard study to do because so they did is they took young bucks and they put um, uh, Boone and Crockett racks on them. So they had yeah. to saw off the racks and then screw big racks on tight enough that they could insane, still fight without knocking them off. Me. You know what I mean? So they said it's yeah. really challenging. But um, does search out big racks. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So it's not like does are running from bucks because they don't want to get bred. They just want to find a good dude to do or a good buck to mm -hmm. do. Which really, so I could see how they'd be like snorting and pissed off. It's like, get away from me, you corny little pervert. I want to go, you know, give it the big dude. Yeah. And another, yeah. And, and another thing too is, and this is, this is from me seeing trail cam, putting together trail cam uh, data. And then my own, like what I've seen is that these bucks go on like three to five day rotations with a doe. So it's just a matter of <laughs> being around him when he's out looking again, or if you get in, you know, tight to where they're at, that's a different story. But my biggest luck have always been when they're out searching and you got, it seems like it's about, I'm trying to think back last year, right? that split G2 buck. I had him searching on the 31st, 10 AM. 10 AM. Saw him on the 5th, 10 AM. Psalm on the seventh, ten thirty a.m. So you think about that, and he couple well, and then, oh, and add in the twenty eighth too. At that's that's the buck I got in a fight on the twenty eighth last year. So what time he was, was that? on a 
that was that's one of the bucks that I've seen in the first half hour of light. That was right away. Like it was coming up light and he sounded like a freaking freight train coming through the woods. And he comes up, shows himself across the field point, and then just does like one of these, whips his head around and just goes straight down, and then that giant brawl happened. But there was that was one of those I did last year later in November, and I will this year again. I had one really cool night where three a year and a half year old and two and a half year olds came up, postured up to it, like came right out of the woods, D-lined up to it, and uh, postured up ten yards from my blind. See, that's where I, the, the, my one spot. I really think a, a young buck decoy would do really well, because because um, it's right where you turkey hunting with me, where they yeah that big ag field. So I'd have a little decoy on that logging road. So any big old buck goes on that field, I can give a grunt, draw his attention, and be like, "Who's this little bastard?" Yeah, then, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm a believer in it. I'm a believer in them, especially like that spot would be cool too because they're gonna have a hard time. If you play with the wind correctly, because it's all about in the wind, you gotta put it down wind of you. So you gotta get in between that decoy. Well, the thing is, that's where the girls are. I'm like, I'm in. Deer come from every direction; they can't smell me. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect then. Yeah. And then do you? Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I should do that because man. And then too, I could get like uh, the hard thing is just carrying the goddamn thing around. You know what I mean? They're so big. That is the biggest. It's it it. It's not worth it if it's along. My spots have always been like right on field edges where like you drive out and maybe your spot's like 50 yards over a knoll. Right. Leave the vehicle, run out there, pop it in, and then sit. Sit. Um, because it really. I think you just uh, point it in like uh, you know in that spot. I could just have it a really hide it good, in the weeds. good sack and put it in the weeds to hide it yeah. and just set it up in the morning. Yep. Last year I just kept it in the blind where I hunted and I only hunted it. I only used it in that one location, but I think this year I have a couple different spots I want to try it in. So you have to send me a, if you like yours, the one you bought, is it a good one? I don't even know where I got somebody that helps. It's I think it's Jed got it from somebody and it's been in my storage unit. So I used it and it's a boss buck and yeah, it worked. It worked well that I've seen. So yeah, I'm going to have to do that. Just even, even, I mean, even if it doesn't draw a big buck, just to, the coolness of seeing bucks come posture up or maybe one come knock Dude, the, even those young ones last year it's crazy because they look like they're a mature buck because they come out and their hair stands up yeah and then like oh my god you just want to like shoot them because it's so awesome but you know, oh, all right i'm getting online i'm gonna order decoy <laughs> all right good luck steve let's get it done this week oh for sure go right. shoot your bow <laughs>